You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes and even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will thrive So I'll stand down and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. Welcome to the Get Fucking Real show. I'm Lisa Journey, and I'm, this is going to be a fun show, y'all. I met this guy who was a brilliant marketer about, I don't know, like five years ago. And he's a tall, kind of strapping kind of man. And several years later, another friend of mine, our mutual friend, Rhonda Renee, who we talk about multiple times in the show, and maybe your ears are ringing again, Rhonda tells me about this awesome guy who is kind of like a mystic and doing this really cool revolutionary meditation thing. And she's like, and his name is Alan Davidson. And I'm thinking, it can't possibly be the same marketing guy, quote unquote, Alan Davidson that I met years ago. Well, it is. So this is a quite a diverse person who I thoroughly enjoyed. So, so here's a question. Do you hide big parts of yourself? You know, do you feel like there's an aspect of you that is a bit of a false self that you're putting forth out there? Well, Alan has an amazing story. He is an ex-meth junkie, drag queen, which he sometimes still does if, if for the right occasion. <laughs> A bartender, and he miraculously tested HIV negative after sharing syringes with men who died from AIDS. That was his wake up call. And he, I mean, that's just like the tip of the story iceberg. <laughs> um, now he helps spiritual seekers who struggle with being their authentic selves to embody their true self, their soul purpose, and their soul destiny. So they can be the badass mystic they were born to be and make the impact in the world they were born to make. We had a fabulous time talking and he he shares about his alter egos from his, uh, his drag queen days. And you'll get to meet them a little bit, which is kind of fun. And we have a fabulous conversation around marketing uh, because y'all know I'm all about letting go of old school, masculine, pushing 
you know, energy type marketing and have now my unlaunch program. So we talk, we have like a marketing meeting of the minds and we also talk about spirituality and it's just a really uh, very um, wide reaching conversation. And he is the founder of what he calls evolutionary mystic meditation. And it's cool shit, (laughs) y'all. We actually go through a meditation for the GFR squad. So for those of you who don't know, after we tape the show, we do a special segment every time with each guest that's just for our GFR squad members, which is just a $20 a month membership. And we get together monthly. We focus on one of the GFR commandments each month and have an amazing transformational confession call. It's super cool. If you want to hang out with me, um, be connected, be connected to the community. It's a really easy way to do it. And it's a very powerful community for the investment level that it is. So um, if you haven't checked that out, go to GFR squad, uh, excuse me, gfr.life forward slash squad, and you'll get to um, experience. Alan guides me through one of his evolutionary mystic meditations, and it's it's really cool. And of course, there's also a link in the show notes to another cool thing that he does called the kaleidoscope chakra meditation. It's woo shit, y'all. And it's awesome. And Alan's awesome. And I just can't wait for you to meet him. Alan Davidson, welcome to the GFR show. Howdy. I am so excited to have you here. You know, we have a bunch of mutual friends and we met years ago. And, and y'all, when I met Alan, he was like running my partner's online marketing launch. And then another really good mutual friend, uh, Rhonda Renee of ours was telling me about this, Alan Davidson, who does this mystical, magical, you know, meditative, like cool shit. And I was like, wait, that is that the same Alan Davidson that I met all those years ago? So he is the same Alan Davidson. And I can't wait for you to meet this very diverse human being today. Welcome, Alan. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here with you and your tribe. So let's have some <laughs> fabulous fun. We are going to have some fabulous fun. So the, you know, the name of the episode is From Self-Loathing to Fabulous Gay Mystic. And so it's we tip our hat a bit about you know where we're going. And I, I fucking love it. I'm so happy to be a parent that has produced a kid that freaking loves drag and is all about, you know, diversity and and gender identity and sexual identity and all that stuff. And so when I told them I was interviewing, I'm going to say former drag queen, although you already said that if given the right uh, charity, you'll, you'll, uh, a passionista will come out of hiding. But you're like a hero in my house right now because I'm interviewing a former drag queen. So I'm just, I just love it. I just love, I love you being you. And that just makes my heart sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. The world has come a long way from 1977 when I first came out. The week after I graduated from high school, I came out, and it was not the same world. I'm here to tell you. So wow, wow. Well, let's start there. Let's start there. So I think it is important when talking with somebody who is openly in the LGBT community. I think it's important to to talk about their coming out. You know, part of their journey because it's such a You got to check that mark, but also there's a lot of people that are not out and obviously we're in a different world today, but like, you know, I I don't even know if you know this about me, but my husband and I have part of our journey was in non-monogamy and we came out, you know, and I really 
felt like a coming out um, mm. as non-monogamous. And it almost felt like it would have been easier if it was, I was just gay, <laughs> you know, right. it's just like, you know, it, so I kind of feel a little bit like, and I know it's not the same and I don't want to, you know, uh, appropriate, you know, the coming out stories that are, you know, are so important. And it, it does feel archaic, right? It's such a, it's the non-monogamy is just so triggering and so, you know, not common and not, I don't know many people that are actually out. We're actually right now, not uh, in the monogamous, non-monogamous state of our, you know, in our journey. Uh, but that was eight years of our life and beautiful. And, and uh, anyway, so I, I, you know, I, I share that with you and reminding listeners that if this was their, if this is their first, you know, uh, journey with me, maybe they, they got here from you sharing this episode that I get it, you know, at some level, I, I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you um, for that and your honesty and vulnerability. And this really ties the self-loathing to the fabulous gay mystic um, because whether you're straight or gay or bi, you know, I just think we're all queer, to be honest. With I you. agree. Totally. You know, everybody. And, but this is especially true for heterosexuals because we all learn from our tribe and our parents to be a false somebody. Mm. And so we're all on the journey to discovering our fucking fabulous true self. And we all have to exercise our own personal demons and develop the courage it takes to come out as our true, unique, fabulous self. Now, as a mystic, there's a spiritual development piece of that, but even just every human has to overcome who they were told they had to be so that they can step into the elegance and power and beauty of who they truly are as a human and certainly as a spiritual being having a human experience. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and so just 1977, um, you know, the gay movement was really only 11 years old. Uh, Stonewall uh, was was 1969. So um, there was still a lot of confusion and misinformation and fear and, and shame. And so... Um, I had a mystical, I had a mystical intervention in high school that speaks to the self-loathing. So I grew up in rural Texas where men were men and women yeah. were women yeah. and, you know, kids could, should be seen and not heard, yada, yada. And kids certainly shouldn't be queer. Um, so there was a lot of internalized homophobia and I was attracted to, you know, older boys and men since I was five years old. So I knew I was different. But, and I was also, you know, going to church. I went to Baptist church. I went to Pentecostal church. I went to Methodist church, you know, while I was going on. And of course, all that, you know, even in rural Texas, it wasn't spoken of so much, but it was certainly not cool. And when I got to high school, I realized, oh, this is not a phase. This is not something I'm going to grow out of. I'm going to be attracted to men as long as I'm breathing in this body. And did you know what, did you have the, the context of what gay was or did you just know you were different or? Well, I knew, I knew it was queer, but in okay. Texas, the word queer was used in a very derogatory, derogatory, way. disgusted, shameful way, you know, before I was able to reclaim that. And um, 
after about six weeks of sort of feeling depressed that, oh, I'm not going to grow out of this. I'm always going to be this queer oddball. Something happened. And I came to the realization that God did not make a mistake with me. Wow. And that the church and the Bible were wrong about homosexuality and homosexuals. And I don't know where that came from. You could easily say past life. But I was so clear that God did not make a mistake with me. And so I was able to walk away from the church for many, many years. It took me probably another 15 years of spiritual searching to come back to Jesus and what he actually taught and who he actually was as a spiritual teacher and not what the church has done in his name. So were you just struck with this truth? Were you like high on a mountain? Like not high, like, but maybe uh, on a mountain somewhere, you know, like- it, it, it wasn't a struck, Yeah, but it was an insight that just started to unspool because even with all the self-loathing that I had embodied from, you know, being a queer kid in rural Texas, there was this part of me that said, God did not make a mistake with you. And it, and that just mm. kept to unspool and spool. Now the healing part was to begin to heal and clear and transform all that self-loathing that, you know, limited me physically, emotionally, mentally, morally, and spiritually. You know, I had to unbind my heart and unbind my body from all those false beliefs as we all do. Mine's very unique and specific, but I think every person listening to this can find that place where they realize they were bound by a false sense of persona, a false sense of beliefs, and the journey to becoming fucking fabulous, to becoming a badass mystic, as I like to say, is how do we unbind those ways in the most kind, compassionate ways for ourselves and others? Mm. How do we unbind it? I love that word, unbind, unbind. You know, I use uh, the word un a lot in my, in, in the way that I, support people, I unmentor and we unlaunch and unlearn, you know, uh, is sort of like, I think my sort of connection to unbind really feels visceral, like it feels body, right? Which I, I, I know that's a big part of your work. And for, for me, it's, it's, you know, when I work with uh, entrepreneurs that are just so like, they have a false self, a false sense of their self, and they've been told you know, you need to put yourself out there in this way. You need to market this way, or this is what people will really like. And even when I, I just, I can go on and on about how wounded so many entrepreneurs are by doing what the person that they admired said they should do versus how do I become my fucking fabulous self in my marketing, you know, and put that out there and just, you know, attract the people that I'm meant to help. Can I draw an interesting parallel that I'm thinking of as from what you just said? Yes, of course. So obviously I've done a lot of, I've been studying Gandhi and King and nonviolence all of my adult life. And so there was a lot of work that I did uh, with the violence the Christian church was exercising on gay people. But I think that what you just described in marketing of here's a formula, here's a format, this, here, go find a niche. It's got nothing to do with, you know, your passion, your personal self, who you want to serve. But it's like, you got to have a niche. You got to have a lead magnet. You got to have an opt-in, you know. And, you know, I think so much violence is done to the spiritual entrepreneur by haranguing them and making them believe something that goes against the grain of who they are at their soul level. 
Ah, oh. yes. I wrote that. Yes, violence to the spiritual entrepreneur. Yes, yes. I, I really got it last year that I am here to help people heal unworthiness and shame related to their fucking business and their attempts at trying, they just want to help people in a certain way that they feel they're called to help, you know? And, you know, one of my clients said her business became a shame factory, you know? And she called me her, I think shame reduction coach or something like that. The shame exorcist. (laughs) Yes, seriously. And she's an intimacy expert. So it's such a core of her healing, Mm -hmm. right? Was releasing that shame so that she could then help others, which so many of the people that I work with, like their personal healing is so at the core of the evolution of their business. And I feel like you're, you know, we're in the same, you and I are doing the same, you know, work coming at it from a different, you know, different conversation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and your origin story is of course, uniquely suited to, to you and to the work space that you're holding for people. So if I could tell a short story, because you know, being a soulful entrepreneur, spiritual entrepreneur, however, you know, an evolutionary expert, however you want to define yourself. Um, part of that, or, part of my origin story was um, there was so much self-loathing, you know, even though I had that mystical experience of God did not make a mistake, there was a whole lot of unwiring and unbinding to do. And there was so much self-loathing that I very went quickly from smoking some grass and taking some acid to being an IV drug, you know, speed was my thing. Mm. And the irony is I was, you know, every human being wants to belong. You know, it's, it's an innate drive, but the minute I shot up speed with this group of core people, that's when I felt like, Oh man, I belong. I'm on the inside. So when I was doing the most self damage, to myself was where I finally found that little place where I belong. Here is my tribe, which of course is, you know, anyone who puts a needle in their arm, uh, you know, has a serious death wish. And I actually shared needles, syringes with men who would die of AIDS. And um, when I got sober in 1988, um, already some of the men that I had shared needles with had died from AIDS. I just assumed I would die a very painful agonizing death. And I went and got an HIV test. And in those days, you had to wait two weeks for the results. And on that, the two weeks later, I went in, they very quickly told me I was, I was negative. And I still am. And I knew in that moment that Providence or God or the goddess had placed her hand on my shoulder and spared me for something. And I didn't know what it was, but I left the clinic that day vowing to use the talents and the skills and the crazy charisma that I have to do good, particularly for my community that was suffering so much at the time. And six months later, I found myself in massage school. And that began my lifelong journey of reclaiming my body and my heart and my mind and my will and my soul in a, in a spiritual way. And so every single one of us has a moment and maybe, and I hope you haven't played Russian roulette with your life like I did, but we all have that sort of moment of who we were for most of our life. And there's a demarcation 
And it's like, this is who I can be. And it's, it's moving from that place of being driven by fear to being called by love, to step into my magnificence, my fabulousness, and to do some good in the world, to help people along the way. And as spiritual entrepreneurs, when we get clear on that and the importance of that and the story and be able to tell that story well, then you're what I like to call them your divine audience. You can call them your perfect customer or whatever you use. When you tell that story well and the other stories and the stories of your clients that have thrived and overcome obstacles, your divine audience will find you. You know, it's just you standing in your truth, your true self, and telling really good, sexy, fabulous stories. And you can have the most successful business you want in the world if you just learn those skills. So. I totally 100% agree. And first, I want to thank you for sharing your story and the unbinding process for you included a journey of unconsciousness with drugs, right? And I think that that is more the, that's normal. You know, one of the things that I think I have really come to embrace with this show is how normal trauma is, how normal addiction is, particularly for the people that I'm talking to with the show and that are on the show, which are really meant to, as you so beautifully put it, you know, help human consciousness. You know, you have a, you're so fucking clear on your mission that I am here to fuel the tipping point of human consciousness. And you just know, like, that's what I'm here to do, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I feel like I would almost even say everyone that is on that mission has earned their right to be, or, you know, earned their place on that mission through a significant life experience that has given them a, oh, I don't want fucking want that, you know, a, a contrast moment. And I love that demarcation, you know, moment. And I think the quicker that we normalize that and just like, it's almost like I would love to get in the room and just be like, okay, well, how did, how fucked up were you? And, you know, where was your, like, you know, where did you almost die? And, you know, like, it is so normal, but we don't own that. We, and we hide people that are on the show are not, are not hiding, you know, anymore, but, you know, for everybody listening, it's like, it's time to come out of hiding so that we can contribute to Alan's mission. <laughs> of uh of the evolution of human consciousness well i think all of us are here with a similar mission you know there's in, in the mystical traditions they talk about at certain points in humanity there are waves of enlightening and enlightened souls who are born to a time and a place um, and i certainly believe that that humanity is at a cross point a point of demarcation you know, we're either going to obliterate ourselves or we're going to put our big girl panties on and say, okay, fuck this shit. This isn't working. Let's start doing the stuff that works, which is being my true self, being my mystical self, treating other people with respect, treating other with kindness. Like, um, you know, as somebody said very recently, sometimes it's our place to um, be in need and sometimes it's our place to offer a helping hand and to be very clear about which is which and, and be real about it. 
So one of the things that I, I gave you a little hint of this in the top of the show that I am just so tickled with about you as a person is this like online marketer dude, you know, um, which probably is funny for me even to, for you to hear like that characterization, but like this online marketing dude that's helping people with these, you know, billion dollar launches or whatever. I'm just exaggerating a little bit with the mm -hmm, money, you mm -hmm. know, and, and be in that world. And I, you know, uh, you know, I definitely have had a period of time in my life where I just felt like so separate from like that, those people, that world kind of thing. And now I feel like I'm just like, I'm here and I'm doing it different y'all. So whoever wants to do it different, you know, come, come hang with me. When you, when you shared the very poignant moment of you felt like you belonged when you were sharing needles, mm -hmm. um, that that was where you belonged, but it was, it was in the self-damaging behavior that you belonged. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you did connect dots to some of the damage that, you know, has been done to us or that we do by trying to fit into a box as a spiritually based, you know, entrepreneur and trying to do the things that they, they say we should do. Mm -hmm. And so, so I, I totally am holding those two parts of your story. And then I, and then I know that you, you know, have been in there, you know, head to head in, in that space of, you know, online marketing and, and all of that stuff. And yet, you know, so can you g give us more of, um, <laughs> yeah, say something, Alan. <laughs> okay. So I, uh, so I'll say my sort of my marketing chop started when I wrote my first book, Body Brilliance, Mastering Your Five Vital Intelligences. And thank God I had written the book before I fucking figured out that I had to sell the book too. <laughs> you know, I don't know that I would have ever written, finished it if I realized, oh my God, selling it's going to be so much work. But I figured out how to sell a book and um, and realized I had a real knack for it. And the, That was your initial motivation for getting was into my, the marketing my first world launch to sell your my, book. And, uh, and people kept asking me, you know, uh, help me with my marketing, help me with my marketing. And I didn't want to do it. It's like, I just want to get my message out there. I want to transform 10% of humanity, which is about the size of Europe, um, to their fully enlightened, fully fabulous, fully embodied, badass mystic. And, um, and I, I cut my chops on Dan Kennedy, of all people, you know, whose politics are about as right of Attila the Hun, you know, and I'm a screaming drag queen, you know, liberal Democrat. But, you know, I, I, I always went in. And for in. those that don't know the name, Dan Kennedy. Yeah, well, he's like, he's like the great grandfather of direct response marketing and trained a lot of the offline and online marketing geniuses of our generation. Um, and I was the first uh, Glazer Kennedy inner circle marketer of the year here in Houston, you know, wow. so, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so anyway, I followed Jeff Walker and I remember Jeff Walker saying, if anyone took my entire business and life away from me, knowing what I know now, and I had $200, I could create a million dollar business over the next year. And it and it's not that that the money or the business didn't motivate me, but it was that confidence that I have a skill set that wherever I go and whatever happens, I can create a future for myself. It was that confidence that I wanted. So I went to be trained as a 
product launch manager and strategist. And I actually went with a, a client in my back pocket. And so I, I at this point, done over 150 product launches or marketing campaigns, and all but two of them have been in the personal development, spiritual development. And I sort of, I like you, I would leapfrog. I'd like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, this so fascinated by this marketing, I'm diving in here, but then my soul would feel bankrupt. It's like, oh, okay, now I need to go do and sit some retreats and, you know, go back into my meditative work here. And I really felt that tension, even though I was working with people in the personal development, spiritual development, heart-centered business sort of space, there still felt like a gap to me. And I felt like I was wearing two different hats. And I was like, I just want to get my message out there. But the universe kept sending me these amazing clients and amazing experiences. And it's like, I'm smart enough to say, not to say no to the universe. I may not understand <laughs> why things are happening, but somebody wants to give you, you know, a really big whale. Okay, thank you. And but and but did it feel I, right? Like like that when the opportunities came to you and you you I hear you characterize them as you know the universe brought you. And did you did you feel like a desire to lean in? Like there was a yes in yeah, your body at the time. Yeah, and I like to call it a whole body yes. Okay. You know, so there was that, but it still felt like there was a tension. You're kind of like why? Yeah, I see, feel the yes, but I'm still not getting it. <laughs> I, I'm about, I'm about to clarify the yes here, and um. And then, you know, I went through a period and I was really clear that, okay, here's a lot of personal development and spiritual development people who are making promises about their products, but very few people are actually getting the real transformation that's promised. And that became more and more sort of a, a thorn in my mind, in my heart. And so I actually did take probably about 18 months off the marketing world. And I only worked with a couple of clients, you know, marketing wise, and really honed my own business and message. And when I came back. And when was that? What just is the time frame? 2016. Okay. I really took most of 2016 and part of 2017 off. I think I had one, maybe two clients in that whole 18 months. And when I came back, it's like, I was so clear. It's like part of what was bugging me is that some of the clients I'd had were not in integrity. And some of those people as well-meaning as they might be had believed their own press and not really looked at the results they were truly getting for their clients. You know, people, you know, taking a mortgage on their house for a hundred thousand dollars, you know, based on hope and a dream and not getting a return on investment, you know, things like that. And so when I came back to the marketing world, I was really crystal clear that I needed to use my keenest intuition to one, make sure that Divine's order had already chosen this project for me and that that person was living in as much of integrity as they possibly could in the moment. And they were not only embodying their own message, but they had a real track record of getting the results that people say that they want. And since I sort of stepped into that discernment in my life and my business, the quality of people um, that I'm working with, you know, they might only have a hundred thousand dollar business, but they have something genuine to offer that needs to be heard. Some of them might have a million dollar business, but it's the same thing. They haven't mastered their own marketing chops. They haven't developed their own trust and faith in what they do or how to message it or the techniques to use to get it out. 
So that's sort of a long-winded answer to your question. No, it's a, it's a great answer. And it, I, and I just love the distinction around, yeah, I was following the universe and I was waiting for that full body, yes. And then taking time off and coming back into it, it was like there was prioritizing following your intuition and feeling that congruency was like a number one. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Can I say one little thing? You know, back with, you know, before that sort of year and a half off and and these big, big name brand people were coming to me, help me. It was very seductive. It was very I want to talk to you about that because, yeah, one of our GFR commandments is uh, know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. Yeah. That's number eight. So I was really curious if you could say more about the decision to take that time off, given you were like really in the thick of it. And I'm sure it was very much like being in Vegas, you know, it was like hard to, to to, to extricate yourself. Oh yeah. And, you know, going to the, you know, everyone's masterminds, you know, I was on the inside of all these high level masterminds and I'm like, God, I keep seeing the same people over and over in these <laughs> masterminds and they're still not getting results. No wonder everyone's so unhappy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it, you know, it was sort of like, um, I was a bartender for many years and then I got sober and the man who taught me to bartend said, you will see people who think they're at their best when they're so often at their worst. Mm. I want to say that again. You will see people when they think they're at their best, when they're so often at their worst. Well, there was a quality of that in, you know, being the high flying product launch strategist and going into all these masterminds and having all these big, you know, that was very seductive, but it, there was this quality of man. I, it's so sparkly and shiny and sexy and jet setting but it isn't real. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's this quality of people think they're at their best, but when I look at the underbelly, the shadow of it, it's like, Ooh, man, there's a dark side to this. And, you know, unfortunately I have an interest in human nature and human evolution. And so I could, I wanted to step out of that knowing that I had the skill set to, to create million dollar launches and and then it's like, how can, how can I come back to this industry, if at all? I mean, I was willing to walk away from it. Um, and fortunately, I'm sitting in the tension of that. And that was, you know, sort of one of my dark nights of the soul. It's like when I walked away from the marketing, that was kind of the easy big money. And it's like, okay, now I really have to uh, stand in my GFR. <laughs> Get fucking real, girl. And it's like, oh, it wasn't as easy to make $200,000 a year uh, being a meditation teacher. So it's like, oh, well, gee, that sucks. That's disappointing. What's up with that? You know, and so I had, that was part of my own dark night moment of, but believing in myself and believing in what I had to offer and believing in my mission. And that spirit would somehow help me stumble towards ecstasy and and reclaim a new level of power. You say so. such good shit. Stumble towards <laughs> ecstasy. <laughs> and writing it all down. <laughs> well, honey, uh, that's the thing about being an old drag queen, honey. You know, we were, we, we were world weary back in 1977 when we started, darling. You know, so. we were world weary. Have you, I'm I, one of my favorite, I'm not even going to ask you if you've seen it. One of my favorite Broadway shows is Kinky Boots. 
Oh my God. I just freaking love that show. Do you, do you like that show? I'm assuming you like that. I love the movie, the original movie oh, from England. It was so right. fabulous. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, I... it's worth seeing. Okay. Because you'll recognize the star who, who you know, plays the drag queen. But okay. Billy I... Porter is one of my... I got to meet me some Billy Porter someday, honey. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And it's good to know there's a movie because I've been telling my daughter about that this show because she didn't get to see it. So she's uh, turns 15 tomorrow um, and is into musical theater and dance and, and all that and uh, and drag queens. And um, as I was telling you, when we were in our green room getting ready for our show and I keep telling her about Kinky Boots. And so we'll go to the movie. I'm going to go to the movie, write that down. <laughs> Well, don't forget La Caja Fall, honey, you know, both the French and the American versions. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I appreciate the curriculum, the drag curriculum. The basic training is starting. Okay. Yes. You're already doing your RuPaul, honey. So that's a great start, you know. Yes. So, I mean, I am so amazed with RuPaul. Oh my God. And I see RuPaul everywhere. Like, like the straight role in a movie to popping up in reality shows and just what amazing so so one thing i just want to say to all of our listeners viewers is you know rupaul is a great example of discovering his true self and if you really get to know him he's outrageous which of course is the invitation of every drag queen you know push the boundaries um, but he also has a spiritual message, you know, at the end of everything he does, he says, if you can't love yourself, who is going to love you, you know, um, but if you spend any time watching him, everything that man does is on brand. It's amazing how on brand he has figured out who he is, what his brand is. And, um, and does, and you mentioned Rhonda Renee, our friend, she's the only other person I know besides RuPaul who is so on brand all the time. I if you just be. watch and listen to Rhonda Renee, she's going to always bring it back to divine navigation. And I tell all my students, just go listen to Rhonda and just watch what she does. She believes so much in her mission that, um, you know, so she and RuPaul, they're like this, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the best. That's a pretty high compliment you just gave on Renee. <laughs> or you gave you Paul. I don't know. <laughs> so where does your, so you wrote the book in what year? Body Brilliance. What year was that? Uh, it was published, published in March of 2007. Okay. So 2007, you write this book. You, you know, get into the whole product launching space. You, uh, have your dark night of the soul 2016 you re-enter you know feeling more aligned and so where can you give us the like the when does evolutionary mystic meditation and all of your beautiful unique expression in that space when does that like come alive for you where do you feel like you really started to own that shit and and share with us about like what kind of how that went well uh, as i shared with you lisa and i think all of us that have some expertise we stand on the shoulders of giants you know and it's like we owe such a debt to our teachers and mentors and even the generations before them and to be really clear uh, in a humble way it's like i wouldn't be here without these amazing human beings who gifted me the expertise i have and then there's a place where my human as humble and grateful for all that learning 
where divine intervention and divine inspiration comes in and 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 pull something forward for the next generation and as a meditation teacher you know i was uh, reading a zen master who said that who had been teaching zen for 25 years and talking about how even after hours and hours and hours of exhausting zen meditation that it really was by sheer will and determination and by luck that somebody would actually have a mystical experience. They would transcend their human self, that voice in our head that's always talking and transcend it and have a real Zen mystical experience. And that's the way meditation has been for thousands of years. But now we have technologies and I'm going to share that with you later. Yes, for our GFR squad. In 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have a full on enlightened, transcendent experience. Um, And that becomes a North Star of the soul and for the soul. So the human can be pulled towards its own evolution and its own unique fabulousness. And so, you know, I understood the dynamics of all that early on. But how to, one, teach it in larger and larger ways to more and more people. And then as a marketer, thank God I have a brilliant marketing hat, how to message it. And so, you know, it's the work itself is still evolving and revealing itself to me. The messaging is still evolving. I settled on evolutionary mystic meditation because, you know, a real true mystic living in the midst of the modern world is, you know, at the leading edge of, of evolution, conscious evolution, human evolution. Um, but now this year, I just say, you know, I'm a badass mystic. And we're all <laughs> badass mystics at birth. And some of us are just remembering it and living into it and taking names and kicking ass. So. Oh, I fucking love it. I love it. You know, I have such respect and reverence for Rhonda Renee's ears are probably so ringing right now um, of people like you and Rhonda Renee uh, and many others who have a body of work, like a thing that, that just like, you know, they downloaded or however, like that they were struck by that is completely unique, you know, and I mean, cause this nothing is completely unique, but I guess the thing that I get that I have such respect for and because I have insecurities in this area, right? That's who we, why we respect other people and is, is just standing in your truth. If this is how this shit works, I know this to be true. You know, there is no, you know, double blind test. You know, this is, you know, this is what I know to be true. And now I, I'm teaching it. And so people are getting results. And so this is a real thing. And, and I just, I just think it takes so much, uh, for, for lack of a better word, confidence, it just seems so oversimplified, but I, you know, it takes such confidence and inner fortitude and alignment and, you know, connection, like, you know, like that mystical experience you had when you were a teenager, God did not make a mistake with you. Like that was you, you heard that, or you knew that, and it was like unshakable for you. And that guided you. And I, I feel the same and feel the same with you now with this work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, I just thank you for, for being willing to walk that line of putting shit out there that there, you have, 
you must be driving you crazy trying to name this thing because there's nothing. And of course, because you're a marketer like me, we got to name the thing or it drives us crazy, right? Like the name this thing that is, there's no reference point except, you know, for what other people's context are and, and name it and then hold space for it and invite people into it. And right. Well, I, you know, I would tell people, oh, I teach evolutionary mystic meditation. You're an evolutionary mystic. You go, oh, that sounds so cool. What the hell is that? It's like, well, you do want people asking more, but, but now when I say, oh, you're a badass mystic, you were born that way. And they go, oh, now that sounds so cool. I can relate to that. How do I do that? It's yeah. like, great. That's the conversation we want, you know. I love it. I love it. Thank you. For, yeah. And so, you know, get fucking real was a similar thing. It's like, I knew I needed to help people get real, but there was something missing there. It just didn't quite land. And there's, you know, that F word is magical on many, many, many levels. You know, it's not just a, you know, a thing to shock people or get attention, but it's like, we're going to get to work. Like this is serious stuff and there's urgency here, you know? Yeah. So I like badass mystic for sure. <laughs> Well, and there, and there really is, I mean, to get serious here, um, as serious as a crusty old drag queen gets, um, it is time to get fucking real. Um, because, uh, you know, I truly believe that humanity is at a turning point. And how humanity turns and how the world turns out because of our collective choice is essential. And... You know, I talk about, oh, your true self. Well, from the human, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to be my authentic self. I want to be my real fucking self. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> what, you know, and we can, we can really, you know, there's a lot of people for thousands of years that have been writing and teaching about that that can move us. And if that's your evolutionary journey in this soul, fantastic. Be your human, bad, best, badass self. But more and more people are spiritually conscious and really ready to move not only to the spiritual realms, but the mystical realms. And it's going to, when I say true self, it's really what the mystics have been saying for thousands of years. Your true self is so beyond the human. That's your real nature. And so it's like, oh, let's connect to that part of my best realized true self and let that inform every choice that I make as a human. And then you know, that true self is so infinitely peaceful and still and so unconditionally loving that if I am connected and embodying my true self, then I am making wise, compassionate choices for myself, for my family, for my tribe, for my country, for the world. So that's the true self that I want you to meet and to realize and to embody and to inform who you are. Alan, that was, it, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you for that. And it, and I appreciate the quote unquote seriousness. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if, if you're going to ride with me, honey, you can take all that seriousness and honey, we're going to mix it up and have some fun and some fabulousness with it because spiritual work is hard work, but it doesn't have to be serious work. And it does, certainly doesn't have to be dull and boring. <laughs> I can't imagine anything being dull and boring with you. <laughs> and y'all, if you're not watching him on video, we're doing, we're getting snaps and the whole attitude thing going. I wish you could see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final segment here, anything else that you feel like you want to share that sort of connects the dots and brings us home? 
Well, um, so I'll say, you know, there are, there are many tools that will help you have a mystical experience. You know, shamans over thousands of years have known that, you know, psychiatric plants, psychiatric, psychedelic plants. Psychiatric plants. <laughs> uh, sometimes they're a little of both, you know, the, the doctor and the, the, the priests were uh, the same person back in the shamanic days. True. So uh, psychedelic plants. Um, you know, very specialized rituals or self-denial or a mixture of all three would create a mystical experience. But rather than go sit on a meditation cushions for six months and hope to have an event, you know, we're living in a new paradigm. And so we're really moving to where we can harmonize the body, the heart, the mind, the will, and the spirit uh, more and more easily. Um, and, it, and it does take rigor. It does take effort and intention. And so there are lots of practices that do that. The two that I love the most, I'm going to be sharing with you, Lisa, and your tribe in just a few minutes. Um, and that is the essence of my work, that you can move into uh, an enlightened state in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. Another very simple technique is using light, color, and sound to connect to um, the seven embodied chakras and the spectrum of color. And uh, I call that the kaleidoscopic um, chakra meditation. So it's watching the colors and toning some very simple vowel sounds that will give you an experience. Oh, and this is the one that you're giving um, our listeners. Yes, every like, listener, everyone so listening excited. to this will have this gift. And here's the thing that I wanted to say. Yeah, okay, I did it. I had a nice experience. I could feel some buzzing in my body. Oh, I felt my mind was a little more relaxed. But if you will do it consistently, you know, a few times a week, four times a week, but you do it regularly over time. In the mystical traditions, every mystical tradition has a reference to what they call in Tibetan Buddhism, the rainbow body. In Taoism, it's called the diamond body. In the alchemical uh, tradi alchemy tradition, it's called the light body. But it's where the, the, the body and the heart and the mind and the will and the spirit become so integrated. And the intensity of the light is so pure that it diffracts like a rainbow. You know, every soul has its unique signature color. But this kaleidoscopic chakra, <laughs> chakra meditation <laughs> Easy for you to say <laughs> yeah you, yeah it, this meditation is designed to not only bring you into harmony with your soul's signature of light color and sound but it will help to activate and bring up the healing that you need to clear so that you can more easily embody your rainbow body or your diamond body or light body so yeah it's a Great little meditation that you can say at a cocktail party. Oh, I did a kaleidoscopic shower meditation. It was fabulous. And then on <laughs> to the next thing. Or you can really use it regularly. And it will, the good news is that it will evolve your soul. The bad news is that it will evolve your soul. And to do that, it's going to bring up all the crap in your life that you need to deal with that you've managed to successfully leave behind. So just do it with a warning do do it for do it once if that sounds fun and if you dare do it every day that's what i'm hearing pretty much <laughs> do it every day if you dare yeah and, that's and, awesome. you, and i mean and and i would say that if you start to feel some sort of crisis coming on 
then you need to have some sort of guide or mentor or teacher in your life that you can go to and say, hey, this is what's happening. Because this meditation will put all that on the fast track. So that's, that's the importance of having a mentor or a teacher or a guide is so essential, not only in your business and professional life, but in your spiritual life as well. So That's beautiful. Awesome. I'm so excited. Well, Alan Davidson, a.k.a. a passionita and Sean Delicious, depending on the day. <laughs> Thank you. So shall we share my real stage name for the kids? Yes, please. Darling, this is a passionate Von Climax speaking to you. Most people call me Miss Von Climax, but you can call me a passionate because, you know, we know each other now. <laughs> and then you winked. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, this is where you're definitely going to want to see the video. Okay. Oh, so fun. Alan Davison, you're a hoot. I'm so excited for the GFR squad. We're going to do this uh, powerful other process here. So if you haven't joined the squad, yeah, this is a good opportunity. It's super low level investment to be in the GFR uh, vibration community and hang with me each month on our calls where we go into the commandments. And Alan, thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for sticking around here. And uh, thank you for answering the call of the demarcation moment that you were given. I appreciate it. So darling, to end things. <laughs> It's been a delight and a pleasure to be with you, Lisa, and that I hope that in some way the fun and, and depth and seriousness and fabulousness that we've shared today is helpful to you and to your tribe and to anybody that will listen to this in the future. So from Big Al, Apassionetta, and Alan D., bye, darlings. Bye-bye. Well, wasn't that fabulous? I loved meeting Apassionetta Von Climax. <laughs> We uh, are a very drag positive household here. We watch RuPaul's Drag Race. My daughter actually has some uh, favorite Trixie. Yeah, Trixie, Mattel. We just so appreciate the full expression of um, that whole art form. Anyway, make sure you connect with the freebie in the show notes called the Kaleidoscope Chakra Meditation. It's really, really neat. I've been doing it and it's woo, so cool. And what else? Want to make sure that you subscribe to the show. If this is your first time with us, um, Alan's story is amazing. And every single guest has a transformational, mind-bending, soul-moving story to share with you that will fuel your journey and keep you going on the road to serving in the way that you're supposed to be serving this world, a business, however you do it. So go ahead, make sure you subs click subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. If you're listening on the website, go over to one of those podcast places and pull up the show and subscribe. Um, it really helps people find it and make sure that you don't miss any of these amazing stories. And I think that's all for now, y'all. Until next time. <laughs>